0: Welcome to Scaling Up H2O, the podcast where we scale up on our knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. I'm Trace Blackmore, the host for Scaling Up H2O, and happy Friday, October 30th, everybody. Tomorrow is Halloween, and I hope during all this pandemic stuff that you get to go out somewhere and celebrate and do something. I've just always loved Halloween. October is one of my favorite months. How could it not be one of my favorite months? Uh, We started October out with the AWT convention. We had the after-hour hangs each and every day after the AWT convention. And then the following week, we had Industrial Water Week. Folks, we celebrated this podcast by celebrating Industrial Water Week. We had a new episode each and every day Everybody became huge fans of Detective and Dr. H2O, and we just had a tremendous time with that. And then, of course, that brings us to tomorrow, which is Halloween. I just love the month of October. Today's show is going to celebrate Halloween. It's going to be a little bit different of a show, maybe a little bit haunted, (laughs) Actually, no, not really. I just wanted to do my evil laugh on the podcast. Well, maybe, maybe a little haunted. Here's what I'm trying to say with all this. I know that you being in this business, you have serviced a boiler room that someone told you was haunted. I think is it impossible to service boiler after boiler after boiler boiler with not hearing a story about one of those being haunted. Boiler rooms are always haunted, right? At least that's how the story goes. Disney is even in on it. For those of you that have been on the Tower of Terror, one of my favorite rides in Hollywood Studios, where does that ride start? Well, it starts in the boiler room, of course, the haunted boiler room. Of course, Hollywood is in on this. Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger, who haunts the minds of teenagers in their dreams. But where does Freddy live? That's right, he lives in the haunted boiler room. Well, then I started looking up haunted boiler rooms online. Folks, there are dozens of dozens of dozens of haunted boiler rooms Online. Some of the most famous ones that I saw is there's a boiler room in the Rogers Hotel, which is in Waxahachie, Texas. And they say if you go down into the boiler room, there are mysterious orbs that can't be explained. There is a middle school called Dwyer Middle School in California in Huntington Beach. And they say a former vice principal haunts the boiler room. That school was built in the 1930s, and students to this day say that they have seen that former vice principal in the boiler room. And then there's a historic hotel in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It's the Hotel Bethlehem, And one of the original townspeople haunts the boiler room there. And again, as I started this episode, I know that you have had a story about a haunted boiler room. I think if an operator is at a boiler long enough, they're bound by some operator code to come up with some sort of ghost story about the boiler room. If they don't, I think they take their operator card away. Well, I was raised in Richmond, Virginia, and I remember servicing a boiler right across from the Edgar Allan Poe Museum. And I don't remember if there was a story about that particular boiler being haunted. I'm sure if I asked enough people, there probably was, but I don't remember that. But I do remember it being right across the street from the Edgar Allan Poe Museum And that got me thinking about his famous poem, The Raven. And let's face it, there is no better poem to read on Halloween than The Raven. So folks, here it is, The Raven. Ah, distinctly I remember, it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow, from my book's surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore. For the rare and radiant maiden who the angels named Lenore, nameless here forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain wrestling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now to still the beating of my heart I stood repeating, tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, this it is, and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mane of lord and lady perched above my chamber door, perched above a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched, sat, and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Thou that crest be shown and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on this night's plutonian shore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore, for we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast above the sculptured bust above his chamber door, with such a name as nevermore. But the raven sitting lonely on the placid bus spoke only that one word as if his soul in that one word he did outpour, nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, doubtless said I, what it utters is its only stock in store. Caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his song one burden bore till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, nevermore. Then methought the air grew denser, perfume from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thou goth had lent thee by the angels he had sent thee, respite, respite, and Nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. O quaff this kind Nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by the God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden it shall clasp a Satan maiden who the angels name Lenore, clasp a rare and radiant maiden who the angels name Lenore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's Plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token. Of that lie thou shall have spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit thy bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of palace just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the amplight oared him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. You might be wondering, what the heck is Trace doing reading The Raven? Well, folks, there are a bunch of reasons why I'm reading The Raven. One, I, I think it's fun. I really, really like that poem. In fact, it is my wife's favorite poem. One of my first gifts I gave to my wife when we were dating was a complete works of Edgar Allan Poe's poems, and uh, she still has that. So, uh, Stacy, that reading was dedicated to you. Uh, I hope I'm still married after that. So uh, another reason is it's, it just speaks Halloween. So many people read The Raven on Halloween. It's not really a scary poem. It's a poem about loss of a loved one, but a lot of people read it on Halloween. So, so there you go. And for those of you that are wondering, no, I have not been trained as a thespian. I was trained in chemistry. Matter of fact, I think I put all doubt of that to rest by reading that poem, but I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, but again, I told you there were several reasons why I read The Raven. Uh, I just listed a couple, but also John Zabrita, Uncle John of Episode 7, he and I were at an AWT event in Baltimore, Maryland, and we were a couple hours early for our flight, and we decided to go to the Poe House there in Baltimore. So that was another connection. And then I was thinking, do I really want to read this poem on the air? And a good friend of mine called Eric Medlin. In fact, he is my oldest friend. Eric and I have been friends since we were 14 years old. He is a contractor. He does amazing structural work on the historic houses around Richmond, Virginia. And he told me that he was working on the Sawyers Mansion And for those of you that don't know, the Sawyer family is the spices that you buy in the store. Well, that's a Richmond, Virginia-based company. Uh, Family lived there. I I guess they still do. I'm not sure if they're still in the mansion. But there's this, this beautiful old Sawyer's Mansion facility building, and he was doing structural work there. Well, we continued our conversation, and I said, hey, Eric, what do you think about me reading Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven on the podcast? And Eric said, that's so weird that you asked me that. I was like, well, why is that weird? And Eric said, well, I was just talking to some of the people that are there, and they said that was the last documented place that Edgar Allan Poe read The Raven before his death. And I thought all of those things, I couldn't challenge fate, I was going to read The Raven. So I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I enjoyed reading it. And again, I don't know how much that's going to keep your systems from scaling up, but I hope it did entertain you. And I don't know, maybe you'll go read something else about Edgar Allan Poe, maybe another one of his poems. Well, I started the show talking about the after-hours hangs that we did during the first week of October. Folks, those were awesome. I know we're in a pandemic. We weren't able to get together in person, and the convention was a little bit different. It was online this year, but the hangs allowed us to see each other virtually through Zoom. Well, I talked to the fine people at AWT and they said that was so successful, they really want me and the Scaling Up team to continue that. So we're going to do that very thing. So please mark your calendars for December 10th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are going to do another virtual hangout. We're going to have more information on the website for you to check that out. I'll have more information for you on other episodes. We're going to try to do that each and every month. So you, the professional water treater, know that you are not alone and you can meet other water treaters, you can meet other vendors in the industry, you can still have that community that I know you are so desperate for right now because we are in this pandemic and we can't get together like we normally do at other functions. Again, we'll have more information on that. You can go to our webpage at scalinguph2o.com and find out everything that you need to know about those future hangs. Folks, next Friday, you will have a brand new episode of Scaling Up H2O. I hope that you have a great Halloween tomorrow. I hope you have a great next week, and I'll talk to you next week, folks. At Nation, the Rising Tide Mastermind has many members in it, and each one of those members gets something a little bit different out of the group. They also bring something different into the group. Well, here's Connor Parrish telling you a little bit about what he gets out of the Rising Tide Mastermind.
1: The benefits of being in the Rising Tide Mastermind are the peer group that is formed with all the, the members, the relationships that you build, the people that you're able to reach out to when you have issues, whether it's work-related or not, even personal, uh, it's really nice to to have others in the industry that think the way you do, that have some of the same problems that you do. I always feel like water treatment's kind of a a unique unique industry, so to be able to have others that really understand where I'm coming from has been has been really helpful. The other thing is it's a I feel like it's good to have a routine or to have a, a weekly practice, and so it gives me something every week on the, the calendar that I schedule my week around, and that also gives me tools and tactics within that group to to make my week better as well.
0: Connor, thanks for sharing. Folks, I hope that you already have a group where you can get some of the benefits that Connor just mentioned, but if you don't, that is why I created the Rising Tide Mastermind. Go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind to find out more and to see if this is the right group for you.